No. In the Bill of Rights, a well-regulated militia, the second Bill of Rights, being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So when we have people, and the first thing they want to do is take away our guns. That is a statement and a declaration of war against the people in this country. Because that's the only way to secure our freedom in the state and in the federal government. And they promised that when they go to Washington, they will not infringe upon that right whatsoever. Leave it alone, keep your hands off, thou shalt not touch. Because that's declaring war. Because when they take all of your arms away, then you cannot defend your life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. You have no way of securing your liberties. In every country where they've done so, they have turned it into a dictatorship. And if you want to be a dictator and have a communist country, surrender all of your weapons. Because that's where you're headed. There is a process in how it must be done. So when they take away your freedom to protect yourself, because our government, while you're living even in this state, in this county, our police force are not guaranteed to take and protect your home or your life, liberty, and property. Because if they didn't and something happened to you, then we ought to be able to sue them. But you can't. Why? Because that's not their job. They usually show up after a crime's been committed. Now, when you don't have a way of protecting yourself, it's kind of like this. Here sits three wolves and a sheep, and they're discussing on what are they going to have for supper. You see anything wrong with this? Would you like to be the sheep? We see, we live in a country where God has given us the right to defend ourselves. And we have states and we have governments over us, a government, and the thing is, is whatever is not given to the federal government is retained to the states or to the people. And they have no more rights than what they were given 200 years ago. They've got no more right than what they were given back then. So there's a few other amendments that have been made in there. And why any good, godly individual would not want to surrender their guns. Because it is your last stronghold of defense when somebody tries to break into your home. You say, well, I just don't believe Christians ought to do that. Well, there's a lot of communist countries that already believe that, but America was founded on belief you have that right to do so. Maybe some of these Christians ought to go to some of these other communist countries. Nobody has to worry about defending themselves. I think you've got a problem. Sad will be the day when the American people forget their tradition and their history and no longer remember that the country they love, the institutions they cherish, and the freedom they hope to preserve were born from the throes of armed resistance to tyranny and nursed in the rugged arms of fearless men. When we don't teach our kids history, they have no way of remembering where we came from. And that's why it's so important. We better not let them rewrite history. Because, see, you and I are standing today 
and we can go out here and have a picnic, and we can travel across our country, and we don't have to worry about, you know, people taking away our rights, and because look at the people that make it possible. The people that have died in war. The people that are even veterans today, and many of them are living, but many have been maimed in some way. And some have all kinds of mental problems. And they've suffered for the rest of their life because of going and defending so we can have life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. So that we can enjoy our life. We can maybe have a home and buy a car and maybe invest a little bit so that one day you'll retire. But there's a generation coming after us. Another generation. Wouldn't it be a shame for all of these men to have died in vain? If we waste our lives, if we throw away this freedom God's given to us, the opportunity to know God and to serve God with all our heart, and we throw all of that away, what did we do to their sacrifice? And to say we honor them, we dishonor them. Some people's life only consists of what they're chasing in this world. And they're not talking about that generation of kids that's coming after them and teaching them, thou shalt not covet, and to chase the things of this world. And most kids today, they go off to some college, university, whatever, and they learn how to make a living. But the Bible teaches you how to live. It's more important to get the biblical education, more important, that Bible education, than any other form of education. Because if you don't learn this, you've learned nothing. You don't learn the Bible. You don't know how to be a good disciple of Jesus Christ. You don't really understand why you were created, what God wants you to do with your life. You're not really looking down the road far enough at the consequences. This life is going to end, and you're going to a grave. What then? Y'all heard of somebody else that wouldn't stand, and look at the trouble that caused. And I appreciate Donald Trump for taking a stand on this issue. And I think if they can't stand when the national answer, then you, they ought not be honored. They should be dishonored. And why somebody would want them on their team blows my mind. Because if it wasn't for those people that died that gave them that freedom, and then they won't honor those people? It's like slapping them in the face. This is why we stand. Because when you see how many grave markers, and I've been to Arlington and just watching, just looking at all this, thousands and thousands of white markers and people that died so that we could have some freedom. And think about all the people that have been heartbroken because of their husbands went to war and never came back home. Or they came back home when they were wounded. Get this. Now, this is an awesome statement. Awesome statement. Evil preaches tolerance until it is dominant. Then it tries to silence good. In other words, here I am today. And I believe strongly in the Constitution and all of the freedoms and the Bill of Rights. And I believe rightly in the political position. I am accurate. But then you've got somebody over here that doesn't believe it. And they believe that we ought to um, give criminals certain freedoms and not make this a sin and that a sin and abortion and homosexuality. 
But, 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 let's just be tolerant of our position. Just move this way just a little bit. Be tolerant. So now we pass laws so that we can show we're open-minded. we got to prove we're open-minded and tolerant. And so we disagree with homosexuality, but we're going to tolerate it. And so they just keep going. And so in order to do this, we have to keep moving their direction. They never move our direction. The Republican Party always moves the direction of the Democratic Party. And that's why they're called left, because they're getting further and further away from the Constitution. So when you believe the Constitution, and here's the Republican Party and the Democratic Party, they're both moving about the same speed further left. There was a time when the Democrats were over here, and they believed the Constitution. But now the Republicans have moved further over here than where the Democrats used to be. There's just a few years behind them. Does a lot of damage. See, this is a, not a, a living doc. This, this is in concrete, and it doesn't move because it's all based upon the Word of God, and our Constitution is based upon the intent of the Founding Fathers. What did they mean by what they said? And that's what it means, what they said. When they said it, that's what it means. And it doesn't get changed down the road. So if we'll just be tolerant, and then after a while, because we've been so tolerant, they are going to be the ones that says, we don't want you. And we're going to take away all of your rights. And they'll tell you what you can and cannot do. How you must and must live. And they're going to take it from you. If you can see it, it's happening before our very eyes. There's no hope for America because God is going to judge this country. We're not going to get away with it. You can't sin against God as a nation and get away with it. No more than you can as an individual, neither can you as a nation. So that is coming. You see, the government is always finding a way to get more from you. And it's going to do it one way or the other. And they'll pass more, you know, taxes and higher taxes. Because where do they get them from? See, the government can't give anybody anything until it takes it from you first. And they can only give you back less than what it took because they've got to have some of it to live off of. And so that's why you've got to be very careful. We're losing our freedoms because we're so easily distracted. So is there a price to pay? Yes, there's a price to pay. We can't just do whatever we want to and nothing happen. There's consequences. And some things are going to just rob us blind. And all of it could have been stopped if God's people, who have a responsibility, did not leave that responsibility to somebody else. See, when we as believers do not vote, we're trusting the wicked people to put godly people in. And when they don't, well, then we get mad because, well, I can't believe they got in. Did you vote? Well, no, my, I only got one vote. They lost by 1,000. Do you realize what 1,000 people could have done? Or 10,000 people could have done? Out of 300 million people in America, I think there's probably a few more that could have voted. Unless you're willing to pick up a rifle and defend your country and suggest you stop criticizing those who will. Because those who did, 
It's why you had the freedom to criticize those who didn't agree with you. I remember Dr. Stanford always said, because he was in the Second World War, not the first one, just the second one. He always liked to bring that home to us. He says, though I might agree with you, but I'd fight to the death. You're right to say it. I don't agree with you, but I would fight to the death. You're right to say it. We don't believe like that anymore. So there's a price to pay. Now, this is just to let you know there's some people, and I thought about the other day, and I could not help but cry. While I was preparing it, I just saw the picture and another one and think what it must have been like because I read the thing here and I saw he's, he's only about 22 years old, 23 years old, and I thought what it would have been like to be a 22-year-old person and you gave up the right to live, the right to that wife, those kids, that education, your dreams, gave it all up so that somebody else could have it. And you never can get it back. That man who died can never get any of that back. And most times they'll die for people who could care less whether he lived or died. And we have people today that despise our military. And yet the only reason they have the freedom to say what they say and do what they do because somebody was protecting their right and gave up their whole life. And I just can't think, what it be like to give up your life for somebody else? Scarcely for a good man would some die. But Christ died for sinners. He died for sinners. Knowing what we were like, knowing that many people will never trust Christ as their Savior, but he died for them anyway. And people that died for our country and to protect the freedoms that we all enjoy, somebody else was willing to give up their whole life and get nothing back in return. Better to die on your feet than live on your knees. There's people that did not, the same caliber people, that if we lost this whole nation could ever rebuild it again. Because, see, it came because there was somebody who knew the Lord. And they loved God's word. And they wanted freedom of worship. To worship God according to the conscience of their own heart. And to be able to raise and train their children in what they believed. But in order to get it, they had to be willing to die for it. Because they were thinking about the generation to come down the road. Because if they don't do it, then who's going to? So choosing not to vote isn't rebellion. It's surrender. You're surrendering your life to somebody else who wants to make it miserable. And yet most people, most Christians, never vote. I don't like anybody to run it. And they never study, never find out. And nobody can make you change your mind. Because that's a freedom our veterans were willing to die for. And those that have already done so over the years, to give you a right you despise. Because you don't have time to vote. Too busy enjoying life. You can go to the parades, but that doesn't change anything. You can have your barbecues, that doesn't change anything. You're enjoying that freedom but you're not preserving the freedom except by your vote. Doing right and living godly. Sometimes by the ballot, sometimes by the bullet. But whatever it takes, this is what God's people need to understand. 
I'm going to heaven whenever I die. That can't be changed. I am free in the Lord. And God says, be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So therefore, I want to, as long as I live in this life, I want to I wanna stay free. I want to maintain my freedom. Because I want to keep winning people to Christ. And I want to keep challenging people to serve the Lord. And I want a better place for my kids and for my grandkids. Because you see, somewhere along the line, you have to understand, we're not going to be here forever. We're just passing through. We're strangers and pilgrims in this life. David didn't know or need to know how strong Goliath was because he already knew how strong God was. He was a godly man. And therefore, he had already done fought a lion with his bare hands and, and a bear. So, see, he was already being educated. So whenever the rest of the children of Israel trembled in fear, there was a young lad that was not afraid. And he knew the Lord and how strong God was. And he put his confidence in the Lord. And he was the one that was able to take care of Goliath. All Goliath was was a big old problem. And in your own personal life, you're going to have a lot of problems. But your faith in God can help you to overcome every problem. You want news? Real news? Well, there it is right there. You say, that's an old-fashioned book. Oh, it's modern. It's up to date. You watch. Even in the future, this is going to be like reading the headlines in the newspapers. The devil needs to understand. And in the world, this thing is fully loaded. And I know how to use it. The one thing that's good is about those who were in the military service. One of the first things they teach you, besides cutting off your hair, <laughs> is how to use a gun. Didn't they? Did they teach the Marines how to use a gun? They taught the, the Navy how to use a gun. Of course, now I don't know about the other ones. I don't know if they did or not. But that's one of the first things they teach you, is how to defend yourself, how to shoot the enemy. Well, this is the Bible. It's loaded with ammunition. And I don't want the devil and all of his little minions to be able to destroy me. So I've been firing shells, bullets, hand grenades, bazookas. This is the greatest power in the world. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the um, power, dynamite of God. So I know how to use dynamite. Now get this statement. It's a good statement. At some point, you will have to stop running and take a stand. Either you, your children, or your grandchildren, and better you than them. Like some people say, well, this as long as I get through life, it doesn't matter what happens after I'm gone. What if the people who came before us thought that way? But you know what? I still maintain the freedom of speech. And when I think something, I'm going to say it, if I believe it. Some people can't take a joke. Well, maybe I'm not joking. At least we can get how to go to heaven right, right? We, got, we can get that right. Because there's, we know, that's got to be right or you don't get to heaven. But you see, there's people who have different views of sin. Well, what I like is, see, all these sins up here, see, let me show you that. This, this is where mine is probably. This is where yours is. See, yours, your sins is bigger and worse than mine. Right? 
But in the eyes of God, he got one heaven. And not even one sin can get into heaven. So there might be somebody that's done, done everything in the book. And all you have done your whole life is tell one little white lie. You didn't keep very good records, did you? But it doesn't matter. Heaven is a perfect place. And to get to heaven, you have to be as righteous, as righteous as God himself. So I think some people never get the full statement. Some people just can't understand. You see, any drugs, alcohol? No thanks, I've got everything. There's something not collecting up here. And when it comes to the gospel, see, it's simple, it's easy, it's free, but some people don't get the picture. When you're relying on your own works for salvation, you know something isn't plugged in right. Something is not getting to the top floor because God has made it so easy, so simple for people to understand the gospel. So does everybody have sins in their life? What sins? What sins? You see, it's because we don't see ourselves the way God sees us. God sees you as loaded. You've done a lot of things. You've broken a lot of God's law. You're in a heap of trouble, boy. And the wages of sin is death. What nuts? When I saw that picture, I just had to use it. I changed all my passwords to incorrect. So whenever I forget, it will always tell me your password is incorrect. <laughs> so I thought, now, Jesse, we've got to get mine set up lightweight so I'll, I'll never forget it. Now, some people go home and they're going to change their password to incorrect. There's always true and there's false. Now, let me tell you the truth about how to go to heaven. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. We have all got sin all over us. We got it in us, on us, around us, and we've been doing it all our lives. We all mess up. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. But God loves us. And the payment for sin is eternal separation from God in hell. So since I committed this sin, I'm guilty, i got to pay. And that's to be separated from God. I may want to go to heaven, but I can't go. Why? Because God won't let one sin into heaven. So that takes care of everybody in the whole world. God loves us and wants us all to go, but nobody can. See, nobody's going to be in heaven but George Washington and Abraham Lincoln and Yankee Arnold. <laughs> well, I heard George Washington never told a lie, so he got to be there. No, God says, we're all in the same boat. We cannot save ourselves. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord, God in the flesh. Came into the world because he loves us. Now he hates our sin because our sin separates us from the Lord. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. He was God in the flesh. He was perfect. He lived the perfect life. Never did anything wrong. So he didn't have to die. But because he loved us, and that separated us from him. He took all the sin of all the world, paid for it on the cross. And he came back from the dead and says, the only thing you have to do to go to heaven is believe I did that for you. What did he do for me? Well, he paid for my sins. Well, if he paid for my sins, you don't have to pay for something twice. 
All he wanted me to do is accept what he did. I don't have to earn it. I don't have to work for it. I don't have to deserve it. And it's hard for people to understand. You, you don't have to deserve going to heaven. Because if you had to, you ain't going. Because nobody deserves to go to heaven. That's why God said it's a gift of God. It's not a works lest any man should boast. That God so loved the world, you and me, that he gave his only begotten son as a payment for our sins. That whosoever would believe should not perish. Means you won't go to hell. Why? Because you don't have any sins to pay for. But have everlasting life because, you see, God gives you eternal life. And if it's eternal life, how long would it last? Forever. If it lasts forever and all my sins are paid, where am I going when I die? Now, that's the gospel. That's the good news. And so, only thing you have to do, you don't have to join this church to go to heaven. You don't have to give any money to go to heaven. My help, no. But salvation is the gift of God. It's totally free. So, would you trust Christ as your Savior? Let's pray, shall we? But head bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. If you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, don't you think it's about time? You see, there's no guarantee in life. We don't know how long we're going to live. But we know that we're going to die. And so would you trust Christ as your Savior? Would you believe he died, paid for your sins? Would you believe it? And if you're trusting Christ as your Savior, you say, that never occurred to me like that before. I, I never understood that. But yes, I'm going to trust Christ as my Savior this morning. Well, friend, I want you to tell me. And the only way I want to do it without embarrassing you, I could do it with everybody looking at me, but I'm not going to have you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. But right where you're sitting, would you just simply, by slipping your hand up very quickly, I'll know that means you trusted Christ as your Savior this morning. And I'd like to thank the Lord for you, and I'd like to pray for you. So is there anyone at all before we close? Say, so yes, I'll trust Christ as my Savior. Would you slip your hand up, put it right back down? Anyone at all? Anyone at all? If you're watching by Internet, right on the screen, it says, yes, I'll trust Christ as my Savior. I pray that you would. Father, we do thank you so much for your watch, care, and your love, all your provision for us. We thank you for this country. Father, we ask your blessings upon the leadership. We just want your will to be done. We want your blessings upon us as a nation. And we pray, Lord, that more and more Christians would understand the importance of their vote, that they would do this to preserve our freedom. We don't need to throw it away. We don't need to dishonor all those people that died to give us this freedom. So we thank you so much for this country. We thank you, Lord, for this church, for every person here. And we thank you, Lord, for those who have served to give us this right, this freedom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.